Playing the long game with your vendors, customers, and employees is the topic for today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 28. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And welcome, guys, to today's welcome. episode. So we're, we're pretty excited right now. If you are watching the video, take a look. Ryan is sporting some fantastic new Champion Hustle gear. I got my gear on, and uh, I'm a little thirsty right now. That's funny, because I'm thirsty as well. Mm. Mm, that's good water. Ah, it is. <laughs> tastes better. Tastes better than normal for some tastes, reason. Tastes like a champion. <laughs> champion water <laughs> hey startup opportunity we'll talk after we trademark recording yep <laughs> yeah so we're excited we got uh levi got some some great christmas gifts for us so now we've got branded merch so we're excited well at yep, least we have swag <laughs> yep we have swag so that now uh we can we can be a little more branded as we're as we're doing these episodes so it's fun we're excited i think they look phenomenal so i i dig them well done, so. Levi. <laughs> but I'm a little biased, and that's okay. Yeah. Today is uh, an interesting topic. Oh, before we dive in, we got to do yes. our plug, guys. Seven day quick start boot camp, absolutely free. Go to our website if you haven't already. Championhustle.com is the place to do it. You throw in your your email, and you'll get a phenomenal free training series from us to you to be able to get your business either started up and running or taking it and scaling it to that next level, overcoming some of those challenges that have been holding you back. That uh, training course, training program, bootcamp is available at championhustle.com. So one of the things that is really important in, you know, in business is playing the long game playing the long game. And I've, I've met so many people over the years, Levi, uh, who the way that they run their business is very, very short-sighted. And then usually I see their business goes out of business <laughs> because they're so focused on just the today, the now, on you know maximizing, squeezing every dollar out of you know every customer or every project, depending on what type of business they have. You know, and it just that doesn't lend itself to to longevity and to scalability. And that's why I'm, I'm really excited about talking because I've actually trained many times on this topic of playing the long game with your customers, vendors, and employees because it's so valuable, so important in creating a sustainable business, right? We all know those statistics about how, um, you know, how, and I, I don't want to misquote, but a big majority of small businesses when they start a short time later they're out of business right it's you if you if you hit the one year mark the five year mark the 10 year mark you've done something right and so um that's the statistic we're all shooting to be yeah. and you know unfortunately a, a lot of businesses don't reach that point and sometimes it's because they're not willing to adjust and change and sometimes it's because they aren't they're focused on the bottom line and not focused on how they're going to best serve the people that they're working with. 
Yeah. Well, and, and when you look at it, right, when starting a business, you've got so much, like you're so front loaded with all of the time and effort <laughs> and, and everything. And, oh, and, don't I know it. <laughs> and so you, you put in so much blood, sweat and tears to get things up and running in the beginning. You really don't want to, I mean, you want to cash it. You want to cash out on that, right? You, you've got to or cash in on that. You don't want to. But I don't know. So many people, they just they work so hard, so hard, so hard, and then they just give up. And that's not what we're about. You, you're going to have that payday eventually, but you've got to ensure that you're still around when that eventually comes. Because if you disappear too quickly, well, it was all for naught. It was a good learning yeah. experience. And, and not just that you're still around, but the people that you are doing business with want to continue to do business with you because that's what's going to help keep you around even once you do cash in on that payday. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's a huge thing. We like to look at it as, you know, are we doing the fix and flip strategy or the buy and hold strategy? You know, a fix and flip, you, you may have heard uh, some flippers in there, they, they call it the splash and dash, where they're basically gonna buy a property, go in carpet and paint and sell it again. Now they're just doing that quickly and cheaply to try and turn a profit. And you know, you may be able to find properties like that but you know that that's good for a one-time payday the right. buy and hold strategy this is this is where consistent cash flow comes in and that's where you want your business to be is a consistent cash flowing business as well so buy and hold you're looking at the long term do is this a property that I want to hold for a long term and what am I going to do to make sure this property consistently pays me over and over and over again? So the tenants that you have become your long-term customers. Well, and you know, Levi, we both we've bought short-term holds as well as long-term holds, and so you know this as well. It, it when you're looking at a property, depending on what your primary exit strategy is, you're going to look at certain things differently. For example, if you've got a roof that has you know only a couple years left in it you're going to handle that differently if you're thinking, you know what, I'm gonna be holding this property for three months and selling it, I don't really care. Versus, hey, this is a property I'm gonna hold for the next five years, all right, so I gotta budget a new roof, or a new furnace, or a water heater, or you know, there's maybe some foundational issues that, okay, I might have to deal with that over time, and we've had properties that had you know, massive uh, you know, sewage issues with the sewer lines that had to be remediated and things. And so when you, when you look at those things, you can you will change how you act or how you re respond in different situations if you're looking at it with the goggles of hey this is just a quick turnaround flip versus hey this is a long-term hold we're going to be invested over time it changes your numbers as well yeah so. it absolutely does and you have to understand what you're looking at so what we're actually encouraging you to do is when you're looking at dealing with your employees, your vendors, your customers, you know, even contractors that you're working with, are you playing the short-term game? Do you want to work with them again? Or are you playing the long-term game? And we're going to actually encourage you to focus on the long game because yeah. if you can create a willingness to come back and work together, you actually have the opportunity to do more business, whether that's in a collaborative effort or having a customer or employees and things like that. So it's it's super important that you take care of the people that you're working with because that's going to encourage them to continue working with you. Sometimes it doesn't, but the goal is to give them more of an opportunity to want to. 
Right. Well, and the, and the truth of the matter is, is it's a lot easier to sell to a repeat customer than to a new customer. Because with any new customer that you have, you have your cost of customer acquisition, right? Whether that's through, you know, marketing or advertising or, or you know, man hours of, of uh, you know, sales team, whatever it is, you have a cost, a time and money cost for your customer acquisition. And once you've incurred that, now that customer is on your books. And now you can continue to build a relationship of trust with them. If they've already purchased from you once, there's already a relationship of trust there. <laughs> so it's a lot easier. They were happy at one point in time. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> it's time for you to go back and watch our episode on SWOT analysis. <laughs> right? If they, were, if they were happy once, it's going to be really easy to make them happy again. And that's why, I mean, just repeat customers. And, and depending on your business, right? Your, your type of business might be limited to where, uh, you know, repeat customers is not really an option. Well, I don't know. Because I was thinking, like, if you run a mortuary, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't really repeat wow. your customers. That, that but, got dark really fast. <laughs> but but if you, if you create such a positive experience for, uh, you know, when grandma passes away, hey, when grandpa goes, they're going to be like, we loved that mortuary. We're going to go back, you know. Maybe somebody in the family is thinking about offing their spouse, you know, and they're like, hey, this would be great. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to keep it light. But we, we are not going to have any culpability in any of your actions. We, we are highly recommending that you stay away from that and do things legally, morally, and ethically. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just, keeping, just keeping Ryan honest here. Attorney, attorney Hunsaker here. And no, uh, we, I'm going to tell Laura she should be worried a little bit. <laughs> no, but yeah, repeat customers. I think... There's, there's a way to, whether it's the exact same person or somebody else, repeat customers is always the best, the best way to go, for sure. Yeah, and, and Ryan mentioned something, you know, hopefully your customers were happy, right? And a lot of that goes down into how do you handle yourselves at, as a business and as a person? Um, you know, it, it comes down to that trust that Ryan talked about. It's, it's more difficult to build trust than it is to lose it. It just takes one, one action, one email, one phone call, one missed something, and you just destroyed the trust that you've been working on building. And so your your goal is to continue building that trust by being honest, upfront, have integrity. And you know what? Nobody's perfect. But what that means is that you're not gonna hide something that's a negative factor. And you know, being being a business owner of integrity sometimes means that you have to have a conversation that is probably not the most comfortable conversation to call and tell a client that you know you lost your hard drive and all of their files that you were working on is, is gone. Like that would be a super uncomfortable situation, right? You know, there's things yes. you can do to protect that. <laughs> yes, have you had that happen before, Ryan? In my prior company, <laughs> we did. Yeah, I didn't actually know that. I was just throwing that out there and seeing if you'd bite. But, Thanks a lot. Uh, you're welcome. But. Having that conversation and right when you find out, to just tell them up front and say, okay, here's what it is, here's what's happened, and here's how we, we're going to try and solve it for you. And continually uh, communicate effectively with your customer and just let them know what's going on. Because sometimes things don't go according to plan. A lot of times things don't go exactly according to plan. It's, it's pretty rare for something to just you know blow up completely in your face, but it does happen. 
And if you can communicate that right when it happens and not wait a week or two down the road and just say, hey, look, this just happened. This is our plan to go fix it. You know, they know that you're trying to take care of them at that point. And sometimes they'll be willing to continue working with you and sometimes they won't. But the difference is that you've kept your integrity regardless of what the customer decides to do. And you are also becoming a problem solver. That you had a problem and as entrepreneurs, we have challenges and problems that come up every single day. And it's all about how we approach it and how we go into solving that problem. When you can keep your customer happy with that process and and at least know what's going on and know that you're going forward trying to solve those challenges they're more happy to work with you again because they know if something comes up a they're going to know about it and b they know you're going to work to solve it yeah yeah that you know story time man you always always (laughs) take me back to the stories with with my prior company that was was one thing that i mean we didn't have it a lot but there were definitely were instances where, I mean, when you're in a media production environment, especially when you're on location, there's a lot of things that you can't control. And so there would be the scope of the project of what we were supposed to do for the client. And sometimes there would be factors that were out of our control, you know, completely out of control. But sometimes there was some type of mechanical failure, an equipment failure, a, uh, you know, a memory card would, would get corrupted or something. And so the first, you know, time that that happened, uh, we learned you learn, right? You fail forward. Okay, now we need redundant uh, recording systems. So from that point on, um, we always did redundant systems. So anytime we were recording any content, it, we, there would be two separate. There would be the in-camera recorder as well as an external recorder. So we always had the redundancies. There were a lot of situations where um, even even though we were using good you know good quality meet recordable media and SSDs and all that, where they would fail, they would fail and um, we had the backup. So, but the, the the big thing that made a difference when we were working with these clients is that we would take responsibility. We would stand up and say, you know what? Look, this is what happened. We had this issue. You know, this drive. You know, uh, died in the middle of the shot, and so we've got this segment. But we wouldn't just put it back on the client and say, well, sorry. Here's your invoice. It was. You know, we are so embarrassed <laughs> that this happened. As you know, technology sometimes, you know, flubs up. Here's a couple solutions. We can go reshoot it at our cost. We will cover the cost on that. We can do, you know, this, this, this. And we'd provide them with a couple of, you know, solutions and then let them choose how would you like to resolve it. By doing that, not only because once again, I love that you said you don't have to be perfect. They know we're not going to be perfect. But the, the thing is, is so many people are so used to just passing the buck and just kind of being like, oh, it was their fault. We, not us, right? It was them. So when you actually take responsibility and say, I'm sorry, this is what happened. We will take responsibility for it. Here are a couple solutions. How would you like to proceed? Because we want you, when all is said and done, we want your final result to be 100% satisfaction. So how can we make that happen? Not only... Does that fix the situation, the immediate challenge that we're facing at that time? It created long-term clients that we worked with for years and years and years because they knew whatever else comes in the future, Ryan's taking care of us. Him and his team are going to figure out a solution. It doesn't matter. And, And that's where you talk about being a problem solver. That's the trust that's created of where they know, you know what, whatever happens, 
I know that they're going to take care of us because it's already come up once and they've taken care of us. So I could, yeah, I could preach about what you're talking about all day because (laughs) I lived it so many times where problems came up and we just were like, you know what? We will figure out a solution. And they were satisfied. They were over the moon, elated. And that's why we continued working with them for so long. Well, I I really love that you talked about options and buy-in because when you can create some options of ways that a, a challenge could be overcome and solved and then let the customer have their buy-in, they're now invested in the process, right? Yeah. And so that's that's you building the relationship. They have more say in what's going on in the process and, and they feel like they have more ownership of it as well. And so that's that's a fantastic tip. Yeah, and, and depending on, on the type of business that you're in, right? There's sometimes, you know, your customers are paying you so that they don't have to worry about it, right? If you're, for example, if, if you're an attorney and, you know, somebody hires you to write them up a contract, like they're not going to, they trust you to write the contract for them. Like there's, here's three different versions of the contract. Which would you like? Obviously they won't want that, but there are definite situations where, um, you know, different variations or different options say, Hey, look, here's a couple of different things. What do you like best? We'll continue down that direction, the direction that you prefer. And, um, yeah, it, it does. It gets them invested, invested into what uh, what you're doing. And then if anything else comes up in the future, it's not a big, it's really not that big of a deal. It, yeah. it, it changes the relationship that you have with them from a transactional relationship to a perpetual relationship. Yeah. And, and it's fantastic that you're talking about a perpetual relationship because business is a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it takes work, it takes time, energy, effort to establish the basis of the relationship. And then it takes time, energy, and effort to continue to nurture that relationship. And, you know, once once someone has become a customer once, that relationship has just been established. And it's kind of like, you know, this fledgling, fledgling relationship. And if you don't nurture uh, any relationship, it just kind of fizzles out and dies away. So, um, you know, looking towards like a a marriage analogy, man, we're, we're doing a lot of analogies. You know, you've, (laughs) you've got this, this initial, um, conquering phase where, uh, you're trying to go out and even get somebody to, you know, take down their walls and, and maybe, maybe it's, like a, a Trojan horse or an infiltrate <laughs> more than anything. Speak for yourself. Some of us, we walk in the room and time stops and everyone looks at them. I don't know. You've never experienced that, Levi? I don't understand. No, I'm pretty sure you haven't either, though. <laughs> so, um, but but you're going through and, and you basically work to break down the walls and then you go into this courtship phase. And to me at the end of the courtship phase is kind of where the buying process happens. But what happens after that? Well, you, you want to get into the fiance phase and eventually the marriage phase where, you know, people want to continue that relationship, continue the conversation, continue working together and supporting one another. And that's really ultimately what business is about is serving people in a way that they feel that the money that they are spending with you is way overvalued or, or way, way less than the value they get from you. Money is what you pay. Value is what you get. 
Right. And and that's I mean, that's the definition of capitalism, right? You have two people doing an economic exchange where I both parties are simultaneously acting in their best interest. Yeah. What makes the most sense to them? So the money they're paying you, that your customer's paying you, is worth less than the value in their perception than the value you're giving to them, you know, as uh, as a service or the product that you're offering them. So exactly. Yeah. Um, I had a con- I had a thought and the thought disappeared. So I may That's have a okay. random comment later on in the show <laughs> that comes in. I say, oh wait, I remember. Yes, <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> I, th- I think this is your first one, and it's like my fiftieth one. So. <laughs> Oh boy, long game. Yeah. Um, well, so maybe let's let's break it down a little bit by um, you know because we talk about employees, vendors, and customers. So we've talked kind of generally about you know conceptually what it is, but let's look at employees, employee loyalty. I think this one's interesting because I mean. I guess it's before our time. We're old, but we're not that old. <laughs> Back, you know, 50 years ago, you would have people who would, you know, maybe go to school, get a degree, and then go get a job for, for working for a company that they would work for for 40 years, right? 40 or 50 years. And they would have a pension plan and maybe stock options, right? And I mean, it was this loyalty thing where you would find a company and work for them your entire life. They would take care of you. You would, you know, take care of them. Um, but that loyalty, that doesn't exist anymore, right? There's been so many changes in just the business world with how, you know, employee-employer relationships work, the, uh, you know, the perks that are offered, what is offered, what isn't, um, the lifestyle expected of an employee of as far as when they're on the clock, when they're not, accessibility because of telecommuting and cell phones and everything. I mean, some people, a lot of times they're, you know, they don't have they don't have any time off. They're always, you know, basically on call or always needing to, to run in and take care of things. So the loyalty is definitely harder to come by. Um, you know, us as employers, how is it that we can, you know, how is it that we can battle, for example, shiny object syndrome? Right? Because whatever it is that you do, tomorrow there's gonna be another company that pops up that does it as well, and there might be something about that that your people that work with you are like, ooh, I want to work with them because that's shinier <laughs> than than what Ryan has, right? And uh, you know, or maybe it's maybe it's not that. Maybe it's that uh, you know they they're they can pay more, they're better funded, right, or wh- whatever. And uh, and so oh, I can make a few more bucks an hour working for those guys. Maybe I'll switch, right? I think, and I'd be interested to hear what you think, Levi. But I think that the key to building loyalty with uh you know whether it's a you know w2 employee or you know just a 1099 you know somebody that you're subcontracting with that's working for you is building a a relationship based um just a a relationship based relationship that sounds really dumb that sounds redundant (laughs) a loyalty the loyalty is created through the relationship that you create with the individual I've had people who have worked for me uh, for many, many years, and I created an environment, a culture, flexibility, and and a relationship with those people that was so positive and so advantageous for them that they were willing to you know maybe make a little bit less 
than they would have if they had gone to one of the competing firms. And so, you know, if you think, okay, it's just more money, more money, more money, more money, that's not always the case. And I paid them fair. I paid them, you know, market rates, but they probably could have made more other places. But because of that relationship of trust and of loyalty, of flexibility, of understanding, um, of, you know, truly caring about them, listening to them and, and wanting to, to provide for their needs, it created a long-term relationship of loyalty. I didn't, I haven't always done it right. I've screwed it up too, but that's what I've learned over time as far as, you know, creating that, that loyalty. You just think, okay, if I were them, what would I want? Yeah. And you do, maybe you can't do it all, but you do what you can. For sure. So there's, there's a couple of thoughts that I have on this. You know, I still work a W2 job. Um, The first is, and you guys may have heard this before that People don't quit bad jobs, they quit bad bosses. And that all speaks to the nature of the relationship with a boss. Is your boss an iron-fisted dictator, or is your boss willing to accept your input? Um, That that right there is huge. And the second thought kind of goes along with that is it goes into buy-in. So more than anything, only about, I would say about 20% of people are all about the money. Like they just want more money and they'd be happy as long as they get paid more and and nothing else. But what about the other 80%? There are other factors that go into that. And I think this goes back to the episode where we talk about mission and vision statements is getting buy-in from your employees and their part and their role in that mission and vision. And when they believe that they have some level of autonomy and some responsibility in that mission and vision and they know what their role is, that goes along with that relationship. And so go back, check that episode out and, and really look at how you can get your employees not just vested in receiving uh, what I call a biweekly retention bonus, but in receiving um, part, part of the ownership of what's going on around them. If they feel like they just have to do what they're told or do they feel like, you as a boss or as an owner of a company really values their input and will allow that input, you know, to even take risks in the direction or in the progress of the company, not the direction. That's your job as the the owner of the company is to have the vision and the direction. But can you take that input into helping the progress of the business? Like it. Sounds good. So... All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is your vendors. And I'm going to throw contractors in here too because we have contractors in business, but we also, for our real estate um, projects, we have contractors that we hire to do work. And Uh so vendors and contracts, I'm going to use those terms synonymously, but we're going to talk about it in terms of vendors. And so vendor loyalty, that is kind of a unique thing. You're paying them money, but they don't actually work for you. They, they're their own business, they're their own company, yeah. and what are you doing with that? You're, you're paying them, but you don't want to be that customer that's just a pain. And so one of the best ways that you can deal with that is to have clearly defined terms up front. So contracts with your vendors are huge to, to lay out what the expectations are. And so, um, you know, our, our attorney, I, I, you may use, be using a different attorney, but the, the attorney that I use, one of the things that he talks to, about is 
Um, talk about what happens when something goes wrong when you're on good terms so that when if things ever do go in a negative direction, uh, you already know what's going to happen and you've already discussed it. And so you, you don't have to fight about it. It's these are the terms. This is what's going to happen. And so that's an easy way is start up front, have those difficult conversations up front and say, OK, we want everything to go well. We know you want everything to go well. But what if not? Right. And write it down. Because then it's all that that part of it is out of the way. So have clear expectations set up front. Um, Hope you know, for the best, but plan for the worst. Exactly. And and then also be willing to be flexible, right? There There is what a contract says in the letter, but then there's also the spirit of it. And the, the spirit of, you know, just being a good human being, understanding that they have a business, you have a business, and sometimes things go wrong. Be willing to work that out and, and be willing to have a discussion on what that looks like. And a lot of negotiation can happen there, but be willing to be a little bit flexible, you know, in, unless there is a specific reason where you can't, and then let them know why. Maybe your customer can't be flexible. And, and that's okay, but you gotta be willing to have those conversations. And, and for them, for your vendor to be in business, if you say, look, my customer, uh, they, they cannot go past this date, and, and I know, but I need you guys to really push this. And, uh, you know, maybe next time we can be a little more flexible, but it's all in how you handle that conversation. If you come down again with an iron fist saying, this is what the contract says versus, hey, look, here's the position we're in. How can we help each other? How can I help you give me what I need on time? And how can you kind of adjust a little bit, you know, be a little bit flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing you, you talk about not being that pain in the neck customer, my very first well no it was not my first it was my second job i worked at a bank and we had you know obviously similar you know kind of the same customers that would keep coming in on a regular basis and there were some that like when we'd see them walking up we'd be like oh yay you know this person or that person's coming in and we'd be genuinely happy to see them because they were all so nice and friendly and just such just just good people and there were some people that like guaranteed a hundred percent of the time if they were coming in there was a problem it was the end of the world and they were going to be complicated and be complaining. And so we would like duck because I was a teller. And so there was like <laughs> multiple of us that were in the, in the line. And so oh, like, look, I dropped my pen. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. <laughs> or right. Oh, my computer crashed. You know, you yank the cord out. Oh, man, my computer's not working. Sorry. Uh, you have to go to the next person over, the, over there. Like we would fight because none of us wanted to help the customer. I mean, we had to be nice, obviously, still, but. None of us wanted to help those customers. Now, customer vendor, a little bit different, but still, the concept of you don't want that pain. You want you don't want to be that pain in the neck person. You want people to be happy when they see you calling them. When you're saying, "Hey, I need to order another set of this," or "I need to, you know, hire you for this or that," and you know, as you as you work to to build that relationship with them, they will also be more willing to be flexible with you mm -hmm. because just like we need to be flexible. They're going to need to be flexible, maybe on on terms, timeline, pricing, um, you know. And I, I, I'm in the thick of that right now. Um, you know, we we picked up a, another pro uh, property here about a week ago, and so I'm in the thick of working with vendors that we've been working with for years, and negotiating and figuring out how to get the best terms and everything for the project we're working on, and so. 
it never ends. <laughs> the relationships, uh, their value. I mean, they're so important to play that long game. Even if you haven't done business with them for a while, the fact that you have, I mean, I'm dusting off the contact list for, for some of the things that we need on this project. People I haven't talked to in, in several years because I haven't needed them, but I need them now. And uh, so far, everyone that I've called has been very happy. Hey, Ryan, good to hear from you. What can I do for you? So it goes a long way. So we got employees. Yep. We got vendors. We've talked about vendors. What's, What's missing? Next? Customers. The customers. You know, customer loyalty, in a nutshell, is the key to scalability in a business. Because, granted, you can go out and acquire new customers, new customers, new customers. But if you truly are focused on customer loyalty and maintaining that and growing it over time, continuing to nurture those relationships that you have, continuing to add value, focusing on you know the, the either continuing the sales cycle or creating a new sales cycle with additional products and services that you're offering, um, that is the key to scalability in any business, regardless of, of what, what product or service it is that you're offering. Yeah, it's, it's all about that nurturing aspect of the customer and, you know, continuing that relationship. It's, it's all about relationships. Um, the, the saying business. Oh, I, oh, you, I just, you found you, your. Yeah, it's what you were going to say. <laughs> you found your thought? Yes. I'm going to let you say it. Yes. Give me my. Th- or, yeah, don't steal my thunder. Business, the expression, it's not business. Or no, it's not personal. Okay, let's try this again, Ryan. The expression or the saying, it's not personal, it's just business. Don't take it personally, is a fallacy. Business is personal. There's no other way, right? Business is all about relationships, 100%. And so everything in business is personal. If you have that mindset of like, oh, it's not nothing personal, it's just business. Uh Uh-uh. You've got to erase that from your mind, from your mindset. That is so, so wrong. Business is 100% relationships. Once you understand that and adopt that, I mean, that's really the theme of what we've been talking about this whole day, this whole episode. But once you understand, you will never even consider saying, oh, it's not personal, it's just business, because that is absolutely not true. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And I'm glad that you had that thought. And uh, yeah, I didn't steal your thunder at all. So um, <laughs> the last thing to talk about with customers, though, is even though a customer may not be a repeat customer, Somebody that enjoyed your product or service, what are they going to do? You tell somebody else about it. They're either going to tell somebody else or it may be even years down the road when somebody's like, oh, that they're talking to you. Oh, I, I need this. Oh, you know what? A few years back, I did this and I really liked it. And they may be able to help you out, right? Yeah. And so that word of mouth advertising is 100% your most effective form of advertising. Because I, I don't know if you guys have you know, bought, bought anything. Let's say you bought something on Amazon. What's one of the things that you go do? You, you look, look at, at the how many stars are up there and then you, you go look at the reviews mm-hmm. and you know, I do it too, but I also, I look at the positive and negative and I try to look at it as, okay, what was their experience? Are they just being nitpicky or what? So yeah. I don't, I don't ever take 
a review at face value. I, I try to, you know, dig out what they're not saying and also based on how the posting was. Same thing in business. Yeah. Somebody's gonna tell you something, you've, you've gotta do that. But if you have a family member that just tried a service and you're looking for a similar service and they recommend it to you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna use it. Because somebody you trust trusted that service. So it's, it's kind of a trust chain. And that trust chain can actually help your business not to say that you know organic advertising and paid advertising isn't a good thing. You should be looking at those things to grow your business as well. But the dollar for dollar, the most effective form of advertising is word of mouth. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. And, and even time for time, it's yeah. not just dollar for dollar. So, yeah, for sure. Now, the last thing to talk about here is, you know what? Some of these customers, employees, and vendors. They may come and go, but it you don't want to get into the, the habit of taking it personally. And you know, saying it's it's not personal, it's just business. The reality is people are looking for something. And if they didn't find it with you or they think they can get it for a better price, right? You know, there may be things that you can do to strengthen that relationship, but you also have to ask good questions of those customers as they're going with another service. You know, what could I do better? What could I do differently? What is it that our company is missing that you really need, right? right. It's, it's not about taking it um, personally or letting your ego get, get knocked down. It's about seeking for understanding so that you can improve your business. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to get upset when somebody says, oh, we're gonna go with this other vendor or this other company. Well, the, yeah, that, that sometimes stings a little bit, especially when you thought you had a good relationship with them. And, yeah. and sometimes what you're gonna find out is they're gonna go with somebody else and realize how good they had it with you. So they may come back. And, and I've had you, that happen too. <laughs> if you run your business in a way that you know they're gonna come back, you don't get offended. You just say, yeah, sure, go, go, go try another competitor because what I know, having the confidence to say what I know I have, you'll be back. Yeah. And, you know, just whatever you do, do not burn that bridge. <laughs> because if you burn that bridge, they're never coming back. No. Yeah. yeah. Fine. You go with the competition. We didn't like working with you anyways. <laughs> like, yeah, that will not. And, and, you know, and we've talked about this in prior episodes about doing, you know, market research on your competitors. That can be a great opportunity when they say, you know, we're going to go with this other company. Like you said, say, hey. For for our benefit, tell me a, a few reasons why. Right? How can I want to ensure that we can improve what we're offering for our other customers, even if you're not one of them in the future? And so, you know, just a minute or two of quick feedback would really help us to polish what it is that we're offering. So, you know, what was it that they offered that that we're not? How you know how could we have changed? And sometimes you're just not the right fit for them, right? Or sometimes their needs change over time, and you're no longer. The right fit, at, you know, at this point in time. So, getting that feedback can be very valuable. And uh, I mean, one thing that with actually with quite a few of our clients, our bigger clients, we would um, when we would start working with them because they would get bids from a lot of companies. I would say, hey, send me over once we start working with them. I say, uh, can you send me the bids from your from our competitors so that we can see how <laughs> how they priced the project out and how they presented it. 
I mean, at that point where I already had a good relationship with the person, I'd say, hey, I'm always looking for ways to improve how we're, you know, offering the, 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 the estimate and everything for the project. Can I see, you know, what our competitors and they'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Here. I mean, we were already working with them. They already liked us. So then we would kind of glean ideas from the competitors and implement it into how we did it. So some some great nuggets there. Yes, spy on your competitors. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed the episode today. It's been a fun one. And uh, we give you a quick reminder, championhustle.com is our website where you can find all of the subscription links for all the different audio uh, platforms where we have this podcast as well as the video ones too if you want to stare at our faces for some reason <laughs> and see us laughing and, throughout the and entire episode remember to like and subscribe on those platforms so that you'll continue to get notifications when we get our new episodes up absolutely got our quick start seven day boot camp also on our website at championhustle.com and next week levi what do we got coming up next next week, week. Well, guess what? Next week, we're going to talk about how to make moolah like the banks. Nice. One of my favorite, favorite strategies. It is. I'm excited. We actually um, just did this strategy not too long ago. Yep. So we, we may talk about that a little bit. It's going to be good. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care. All right. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com.